Greetings. How's it going? How's your January? How's your first month of 2022 going? I hope you're seeing some light at the end of the tunnel in terms of, you know, career prospects, things at work, whatever it whatever it is you are setting as your goals. I want to remind you that starting next week on January 25th, I am offering a group coaching program called Land Your Dream Job. There's a link in the show notes to sign up for this program, also to find out more information about it, and also a link to a 15-minute call, which will allow you to get some more information from me. So if you have questions, you're not quite ready to sign on the dotted line yet, you can sign up for one of those calls and I'll be glad to answer your questions. What we're going to cover is all things sort of targeting planning and and executing a targeted proactive job search so if all you're doing in your job search right now is looking at job boards i am very bold in saying that is not a job search that is looking at job boards a large portion of the country does that just for fun right like yeah, i might see something might apply to it right so you are not really conducting a job search we want to have some specific strategies that make sense for you that put you in the driver's seat so we're going to be identifying exactly what you're looking for in your dream job and your dream employer we're going to develop a comprehensive job search strategy that makes sense for you that is customized to you you're going to learn how to network in a targeted proactive way i call it bow and arrow networking you're going to overcome any mental blocks that may be holding you back and you're also going to get the support and expertise that you need from me as well as the support from the other participants so there's going to be a maximum of 15 people in the group it's going to be eight weekly sessions an hour each and they're in the evenings via zoom they're going to be recorded so if you can't be there live you'll still get the content you're going to have a designated accountability partner from someone in the group who is holding you accountable and you are doing the same for them you're going to have a Facebook group so you can ask questions, you can share job leads, you can encourage each other in the group. And then there's also going to be a member vault. So that's where the session recordings are going to live, all of the handouts and supplemental materials. If you're interested, again, check out the link in the show note to register or to schedule that 15 minute call to get more information. Today I wanted to share some strategies for those of you that are going to be conducting a job search this year while you're working full time. So there's there are some nuances to how you conduct a job search when you're kind of have to do it on the down low. And there's also obviously not as much time when you're working full time. You've probably heard the expression that looking for a job is a full time job but you have a full-time job. So we have to pare this down. And I think it's even more important when you are conducting a job search for only a few hours a week, that you are very efficient with how you do that. The biggest issue I see for people, especially the high achievers that I work with in this situation is they have a tendency to put their job search on the back burner. So the, the pressures of work, their dedication to doing their job well, really gets the front burner and they end up not getting sort of not getting around to their job search. And this is especially prevalent with people who aren't unhappy at work. They're not being, you know, it's not miserable. They're not being encouraged to leave in some maybe overt or covert way. They're happy. They're just not They've, they've done what they set out to do. I used to say when I was in higher education 
that I tended to have an attention span of about seven to eight years in my job, but I always stayed for more than 10 years. I worked at two universities. The first one, I was kind of counting the days till I got to the 10 year and I was vested. And the second one, I stayed for, I don't know, 12 years, I think it was. But I really, I could, if I were to graph out my effectiveness at that at both of those jobs it really went downhill in those last years that i was to some degree and i don't want it to sound like i wasn't doing my job but i was a little checked out if i'm being honest and those are the people that can be it can be most difficult to really make this job search a priority because they're not miserable they're just you know antsy for change antsy for growth they're not being challenged enough that kind of thing so to be clear, this is still a targeted and proactive job search. So if all you want to do, if you're at the phase where, hey, I'm working 80 hours a week, you know, I don't love it, but I'm not miserable. I'm just going to look at job boards and see if I can find something. There's nothing wrong with that. But today we're going to focus on conducting a job search that is targeted and proactive. So there is a strategy involved in this job search. And my rule of thumb is to have about five hours minimum that you can devote consistently to your job search every week. Anything less than that, and it's really difficult to be targeted and proactive. You're kind of more in that look at the job boards, you know, kind of thing. Um, we're not going to talk about the obvious things that you need to do in a job search, like update your resume and your LinkedIn profile. These are specific strategies for those of you that are working. So number one, I want you to set a SMART goal. And you probably know SMART goals are specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time sensitive. It's, it's an acronym. I love the quote, a goal without a plan is just a wish, right? So we have to have a plan. We have to have a SMART goal. I was looking at something online yesterday and it was cringing because they the, the whole framework of it was to be more specific with your goals. And it was like, I'm going to eat healthier. Well, that's not a SMART goal. It's not specific. It's not measurable, like eat healthier. Well, how do I measure that? It's achievable, probably. It's probably realistic but it's not time sensitive. There's an, and that's a big one for SMART goals. There has to be some kind of a deadline. You can set a SMART goal for the desired result, like I will be in a new position by September 1st of this year. Now, doesn't mean that you will actually be there by September 1st. Maybe it's October 1st. Maybe it's May 1st. We don't know. But you've set a goal and that's what you're working for. You can also set SMART goals for each step along the way. So, for example, I'm going to have a SMART goal this week. I will reach out to Bob Jones at XYZ Company by January 15th. And I will, you know, set up a, a networking meeting with him or an informational interview, whatever it is. Here's why these SMART goals are important in your job search. Goals keep us focused and on task. They keep us from blowing off our job search in favor of something more pressing. It keeps us, we've got time blocked off on our calendar. We're going to talk about that. And we are dedicating that time to achieving this SMART goal. Maybe we can do this goal in one setting. Maybe if it's certainly, if it's a bigger goal or an overarching goal, we're dedicating time every week to achieve that goal. So number one, set a SMART goal, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time sensitive. Step number two is establish your why. 
I encourage you to write down your why, which is essentially a manifest for why you want this new position. It has to be compelling and meaningful to you. It doesn't have to be meaningful and compelling to anybody else. It doesn't have to sound important to anyone else. It has to be important to you. You can choose whether you want to share that why with anybody else on the planet. Maybe you only want to share it with a spouse or a best friend. You don't want to spread it widely. It's totally up to you. The important thing is that you know your why. Your why could center around a new skill you want to develop. It could center around a new industry you want to enter into. The contribution you want to make in the world it can be a financial why if you're, you know, especially if it's paired with another why, because finance in itself is often not a great motivator, but I want to make more money. And then why do you want to make more money? Maybe there's something you, you know, you want to contribute more heavily to the causes you believe in, or you want to put more money aside for your children's financial future, their education, something like that. That makes the, the why. So if I set a goal, it might be around so that I can put X amount of additional money away every month towards my travel goals. That would be very meaningful to me. Somebody else might read that and they're like, I don't want to travel. Like, I don't get it. Well, it doesn't have to make sense to them and it doesn't have to be compelling to them at all as long as it is compelling to me. So here's an example. I want a new position because now that I've earned the PMP designation, which is the um, project management professional designation, I want to grow that skill set into a strength. So let me kind of frame this one for you. This is somebody, presumably, who has recently got the PMP designation, but they're not getting to do project management work in their current job, or maybe it's not kind of, it's sort of quasi project management and they want to get into this thing for real. So it's really important to them now that they've earned the designation, they don't want it to sit there and get stale and kind of forget things. They want to get out there and get a new job where they can use that, that designation and that skill set. Here's another one. I want to work in the nonprofit sector because I am committed to and this has to be very specific when it, especially when we're talking about nonprofits, um, you want to have a passion about the service or, or, or resource that this nonprofit provides, whatever it is that they do. So maybe you want to work in the nonprofit because you're committed to uh, helping in poverty in inner city Chicago. Or you want to work in the nonprofit sector because you are committed to promoting the visual arts in whatever city you live in. Uh, so really get specific about that passion, that commitment level. Here's why this is important. We humans tend to lack commitment to something when we don't know why we're doing it. So if we don't have that compelling why... The busyness of our life and the other obligations we have going on tend to get in the way. The work can get in the way, the, the J-O-B. So it's really important to attach this to something that is very meaningful to you. So establish your why. That's number two. Number three, and this is, I alluded to this a moment ago, block off time and get specific. This is a huge one because work obligations and family obligations can easily usurp our intentions and our time if we don't calendar in time to conduct our job search. I am a huge advocate of pretty much blocking everything off on my calendar. And I do it on a kind of a two-step way. So I use Outlook calendar. I know a lot of people use Gmail. 
Um, I got away from paper calendars and planners years ago, but for some people that's really effective for them. The important thing is that you first of all, block off time, right? So, okay, I've got, we talked about a minimum of five hours. So let's say you're working a pretty heavy, intense work load. So, all right, I can do two hours on Sunday afternoon, and then I'm going to do two hours on, you know, Thursday night, and then Wednesday at lunch is my, is my networking time. So that's how I'm going to plan out the five the five hours. But then step two is what specifically am I going to do? Because here's the thing that will happen. If you just block off time and say job search or not even anything, just don't even say anything in your, in your calendar, it's very easy to talk yourself out of the importance of using that hour for your job search because something quote unquote more important comes along, something more urgent comes along. Now, I recognize that you may have a shared calendar where you have to be a little bit more uh, discreet about what you're doing. So, you know, I'm, I, I recognize that and, and I want you to plan for that. The main thing is here, we've got time blocked off and then within that time, we have said exactly what we're going to do with that time, because otherwise you can end up spending, you know, 15 minutes of the hour figuring out how you want to use the hour or you just blow it off altogether because you don't think it's it's really necessary. So maybe you block off time for one networking lunch a week or it could be a coffee. It could be whatever works for you and, and your schedule. Maybe you're going to attend one networking function every month. Maybe you're going to attend a networking function every week. Maybe you allot 15 minutes a day, as I do, for LinkedIn activity. So I'm networking on LinkedIn. Um, I used to do it five days a week. I'm, I'm actually this quarter doing it two days a week because I am really, really booked with a lot of other things. And I sound like I'm, I'm contradicting my own advice. But, but for me, because I'm not job searching, because my clients are really coming in other ways, uh, 15 minutes twice a week is working for me, but for job seekers, 15 minutes, maybe three to five times a week. So as I said, just as important is to set specific goals. So your goals during that time block could be reaching out to a certain number of people to connect with on LinkedIn. Maybe you're going to, um, I'm going to spend 15 minutes commenting on other posts. I belong to a group, for example, called Fairy God Boss. It's a women's, um, business networking. It's, it's got all kinds of tracks. I tend to live in, not surprisingly, the career track. And I am considered a VIP, right? So I have VIP status, meaning I'm supposed to kind of be the one answering questions more so than asking them. So I spend 15 minutes twice a week getting in there and helping people. And I've actually gotten quite a few clients from that. And that's not what I'm doing. I'm not in there going, hey, hire me as your career coach, hire me as your resume writer. I'm providing solid wisdom and expertise. And then people are reaching out to me because they like what I'm saying. They like how I'm approaching a question and, or how I'm, you know, resolving a problem, whatever it is. Um, so you want to be, make, make sure that you're being realistic and how you're blocking this time off. I like to think of it as kind of that least common denominator. What can I commit to that? I know I can do every week, barring some catastrophe or I'm hospitalized or something horrible happens, what do I feel confident in saying that I can do every week? Because I want to have a low baseline. That doesn't mean I can't sometimes do more, 
than I've said, but I want to feel successful about this. So if I set myself up for 15 hours a week of job search when I'm working 60 hours a week, I'm probably not going to be successful with that. I'm going to be frustrated and I may have a negative opinion of myself or the job search because of it. I want to set a low bar that I feel confident I can commit to every week and I'm going to feel good about that and I'm going to feel successful. Here's why this is important. Work obligations can seem more important, more urgent in the moment. And when I know that this is how I'm going to spend the time, that I have, I have de devoted this time ahead of time, when I've devoted this time ahead of time to spend it this way, it allows me to relax into the activity, focus into it. And this is something I want to say that happens for me with, I calendar everything. So I can have a block. Let's say I'm doing my 15 minutes of LinkedIn. I just did it this morning, actually, before I got on, uh, recorded these. My brain wants to go do something else that seems more urgent. Like I need to respond to this client, or I need to set this thing up, or I need to record these podcasts. But I have set this time up to go to LinkedIn and Fairy God Boss for 15 minutes each. And so this allows me to kind of put blinders on, if you will. It allows me to tune out the voice in my head that's saying, oh, you should be doing these other things. I can just relax and not feel stressed about how I'm spending this time because I decided ahead of time that this is a good use of my time right now. And as I said earlier, by listing exactly what you want to do during that time, you won't waste time figuring out what you want to do. You're going to be much more efficient. So that's number three, block off time and get specific. Number four, mindset matters. You hear me talk about this a lot on this podcast because absolutely everything is contingent on your mindset about that thing. Every area of your life in mindset matters and the job search is definitely no exception. I've done plenty of podcasts on mindset, so I won't go deep here, but I wanted to give you a few tips. Number one, be aware of what you're thinking about your job search, the job market, your qualifications, how long it's taking to get a new job. Don't beat yourself up for having the negative thoughts. Just notice them. Be aware of them. I, I like to think of it as you're a compassionate observer of your thoughts. You are not in your brain having the thoughts. You're watching your brain have the thoughts. And then decide what you want to think on purpose next. Practice your new thoughts so they become like muscle memory. So you've gotten really good at thinking, I'll never get a better job. I'll never get, I'll never make more money. Uh, I have a friend in my life who never made more than $40,000 when she worked in the government sector. And so she's put that, that cap on herself in her, in her business now. So you want to decide what you want to think on purpose. I, you know, I want to challenge myself and make $60,000 this year. I want to believe that I have as good a chance of getting a promotion as anybody else. I want to believe that I am, um, I am worthy of earning a hundred thousand dollars, whatever it is. You want to practice those new thoughts. And it's not that the old thoughts will go away. I like to think of them as kind of shrinking, right? Because your brain is 
is finite in the amount of space that it has. So if I'm growing a new thought, then something else needs to shrink. And it's going to be that old, unhelpful thought that I was thinking. And when you find yourself avoiding your job search activities, blowing off the times that you've set aside to do your job search or not doing certain tasks that you've said, decided ahead of time you wanted to do for your job search, really revisit your thoughts. It always starts there. We oftentimes try to change our behaviors, but if we don't start with what are we thinking that is, re, that is uh, resulting in that behavior, we are not going to fix the problem. We're going to, we're going to either one of two things. We're either going to come at the thing with the wrong energy. Oh, I'm, I've got to do this job search right now. There's no chance I'm going to get a job, but I'm going to do it. So we're going to kind of muddle through it half, half energy, you know, not really into it at all, or we're just going to blow it off altogether. Here's why this is important. It is impossible to change your behavior without a corresponding change in our beliefs. We can do it for a moment. We can fake it, but we won't make it. So as I said, we're either going to avoid the activities or we'll go through the motions with the wrong energy. So number four is mindset matters. Number five, weekly rewards. I'm a huge fan of giving yourself rewards for doing the things you've set out to do. So if you've blocked off time in your for your job search this week and you did the things you decided ahead of time to do, then I want you to give yourself a reward. Many people make the mistake of waiting until they get their new job to give themselves reward. And this, the new job is the reward. You want to give yourself rewards along the way, which is really a form of encouragement. So maybe you treat yourself to a round of golf. Okay, I did all the things this week. And so Friday afternoon, I'm taking off. I'm going to go play a round of golf. Uh, I've done this for a month. I'm going to get a new outfit. So you want to make the reward um, commensurate with the effort. So I don't think you get a round of golf every time you make a phone call. That could get really expensive, right? And you don't get a new outfit every time you, you know, spend an hour on LinkedIn, but you might say, Hey, I get to walk the dog out and be out in the sunshine and, and the, the forest or wherever you love to walk after I do this hour of job search activity. So again, commensurate to the amount of effort. So something smaller could be like, okay, I'm not going to get to go to the gym until I've done this thing. I really love going to the gym. So I'm going to do my job search first. Um, I'm going to have a glass of wine after this. So you want to require yourself to do the job search first. It doesn't work like, let me have a glass of wine and then I'll go do the job search. Um, especially with wine. I think that's a bad idea. <laughs> So here's why this is so important. You have an opportunity here in your job search to improve your relationship with your yourself, having your own back in terms of following through on your commitments to yourself. We are all much better in general with our commitments to other people than we are with our commitments to ourself. And this is a skill set that is going to serve you in every area of your life. I decided ahead of time that this was important to me, that this was what I was going to do with this time on my schedule this week. And I did it. Uh, and you are improving your relationship with yourself every time that happens. Now, conversely, if you don't follow through, that this is not an opportunity for you to beat yourself up. It's an opportunity for you to go back to the beginning, which is your thoughts, 
What was I thinking that caused me to choose to go walk the dog instead of spending an hour networking on LinkedIn or going to that networking event? And how, how does that make me feel? Do I want that to happen again? Do I want to choose a different thought that will help me to keep my commitments to myself? And number six, remember that networking should be a two-way street. As I teach networking, it is an equal exchange of energy. You give at least as much value as you get. So for example, you're meeting with an old colleague. When you get together, I want you to begin by asking them about themselves. What do they think of their new employer? What challenges are they facing? What frustrations lie? What major projects are they working on? Anything like that. And during this conversation, your focus is on listening and providing value as you can. So the, the only value you may be able to provide is a listening ear, which is extremely valuable to people because you're not in their company. You're not their boss. You're not a coworker who may turn around and tattle on them. You're not a family member who means well, but just wants them to, you know, be happy all the time. So you're a listening ear, but you might also be able to provide a best practice, maybe a referral. You're helping them in some way. That is extremely valuable, and you are doing that before you ask for anything. I always say 30-minute meeting, first 20 minutes is about them. This is important because most of us don't want to feel like we're all taking no give. We want to feel good about networking. I get a lot of negative comments from people about networking. It feels graspy. I feel needy. I feel like I'm taking advantage of people. If you use my formula, which I do teach in great detail, I'm going to be teaching in the Land Your Dream Job program, and we're going to be practicing it. You get to where you understand that networking is just as valuable to the other person and you have value to give them and that feels better and that is a motivator for reaching out to people and asking them to, you know, have a networking meeting with you. And you're more likely to get the assistance you need if you're providing value first. So you're focused on them first and they're going to be like, hey, you've been fantastic. Thanks for listening. How can I help you? All right, I hope that these tips on how to prepare for a job search when you are already working are helpful. Uh, as I think you probably figured out, uh, a lot of these are very useful if you are working on your job search full time. But I really wanted to give some that were specific to those of you who are having to fit a job search in with five hours or so a week while you're working full time. As a reminder, Land Your Dream Job starts next week. Please take a look at the content in the show notes. There's also um, a link to the um, more information about Land Your Dream Job. You can register there. You can also schedule a 15 minute call with me to get more information. So I hope this has been helpful and uh, I'll see you next week. Take care.